I still need to get some of those uh, exogenous ketones for that Dr. Manhattan protocol. I really want to do that. You want to turn blue. Yeah, I want to turn blue. I have some ketones in my uh, in my office. You can try them out. They, As Joe Rogan says, they taste like Godzilla's dick. <laughs> Would those work the same way? Uh, you don't need any yeah. of those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I told you. He I had, think he had I think so. Yeah, I, I think they that. should work. I think they should work the same way. I think I think what he's saying is I I think that you need to like uh kind of like prep for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he gave me some detailed instructions after. Yeah, I don't think it's something you just like uh, you know, eat a pizza and then throw down some ketones. I think it's <laughs> you got to like do a little prep work. Yeah. He like uh, fast He fast for like 24 30 hours and then use uh 4 ounces of pineapple juice along with his ketones mm. and like he says like few minutes later pineapple juice that's for the semen right yes mm-hmm. yeah it's a pineapple's last we already night, talked so. about godzilla's dick and semen and they're not even <laughs> not even a minute in not even a minute in it's gonna be great in seam in semen yeah that was my uh high school nickname partially it's Guy- better than spooge <laughs> Who's Spooch? No, I'm just <laughs> Somebody. Somebody's definitely nicknamed okay. Spooch. And you guys laugh so much. I don't know what a Spooch is or what it may mean. Oh, it sounds bad, so, right? It sounds bad. It sounds negative. I think your generation would call it Skeet. Oh, oh, okay. Spooch? Or Splooge? Splooge makes more Splooge, sense. Yeah, Splooge, yeah. okay. Yeah. Spooch. I, just, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. What do people always say when they're like on... Uh, People like on my YouTube, they're always saying, I'm st- I just came from Pornhub and I'm still fapping. Yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. And I'm like, this, that's kind of weird. Cause this is like a deadlift video, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. People, uh, people like to use these videos for pleasure. A speaking lot of weird, of bodybuilding speaking videos. of weird stuff, uh, the natty professor showed us his feet the other day. Oh yeah. And we think that you're going to end up on some weird internet sites, buddy. Most definitely. Most like, no, a, a lot of the videos I've posted have, uh, probably been used for, uh, pleasure in some way mm. not by women by men. Oh. yeah it's really weird and bodybuilding just, is odd it's not that weird a uh, <laughs> little bit no yeah i found out a little <laughs> so it was early into my bodybuilding like i guess career right when i was mm-hmm. at, doing my first few shows i got this email from a guy in canada no is, is he gonna explain how how he doesn't have a job right now <laughs> I, I believe so <laughs> no it was an email from a guy in canada and he was like you know i want to sponsor you i'll pay you to, you know to like you know talking about omar um, isa <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but in essence uh so i was like oh cool sponsorship go a little deeper he's like oh you just got to send me a few videos of you posing i was like posing like why just so i could see your progress i'm like huh all right so alberto nunez was my coach at the time and i sent him this stuff he's like nah bro i don't like, don't, don't continue. This is some, uh, this is some G for P stuff. And then it escalated. He's like, okay, you know what? If you want to do this, I could fly you out. You oh. know, I got a place out here. I could fly you out. <laughs> and then just to see what you're working with, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is definitely some weird, uh, some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. So how was Canada? I did. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't. You're like, know. so I lived on Vancouver Island for three years with a guy. <laughs> But I was smart with my money, so I'm good. So that's why I'm self-employed. I can just yeah, chill at man. home. He's like, I'll pay you four to five K a month. And then I was like, wait for what? So bad. A lot of bodybuilders got to do that though. Probably. That's pretty that. good money, dude. It's not bad. It is, but it's turned uh, it down. Uh, mm, it, mm. Oh God. Yeah. I, I think it's, <laughs> it's definitely weird for chicks though, too. Uh, somebody who passed through super training was telling me how a guy DM'd her. was like, Hey, I'll pay you on like 10 grand to step on a mouse in high heels. Mm. And I was like, do you need a cameraman? Like I'm cheap. Like what you got? And I don't think you should be talking about Tony huge like that. He's a, he's becoming a a good friend of ours. I said female. Oh yeah. No. So last night I went to uh, Woodpile, Woodland. Hey, the old stomping uh, grounds. Yeah. And I, I went to uh, this uh, senior center that my dad is part of. They have a, they have all kinds of like youth programs there and stuff. I don't know why it's called the senior center. There's a bunch of young kids in yeah. there. My mom trains there. Oh, does she? Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and uh, so my dad has been, my, my dad goes to church in Woodland. And so he knows all these people and stuff. And my dad's super personable. And um, so my dad got involved in this, uh, uh, this youth boxing program. He just goes over there and just like helps out every once in a while. Um, he goes and just, talks to the kids and things like that. And he's, 
he's told the kids about uh, me and my brothers and, you know, Mike was a professional wrestler and talks about Chris and, you know, my parents are always talking us up uh, big time. But yesterday I had an opportunity to go over there and uh, just basically give a talk. They had an award ceremony and uh, it was really cool. They got kids from the age of five <clears throat> all the way to about 19 uh, in there boxing every day and just like a lot of energy. Like, so there was, while this award ceremony, award ceremony was going on, there's like a hundred people in this room and then where the boxing gym is and they have an outdoor boxing gym as well. There's another like 50 or 60 kids just wailing on, you know, heavy bags and speed bags and just really cool, really cool to be part of something like that. And then listening to the uh, other speakers was an honor for me. It was really cool to, we got to listen to uh, some police officers and some uh, just these people that are just, they're selfless. You know, they go in there and they, they devote their time. You know, I, I really admire that. It's easy to throw money at things, you know, for some, for some people, it's easy to throw money at things. Uh, but man, it's uh, what a huge blessing it is to have people devote their time because a lot of these kids, they don't have, uh, they just don't have a great upbringing, you know? So it was cool to go and talk there. And then also, uh, in addition to that, my mom and dad were there, and then my mom and dad brought my son. And uh, my son, you know, he didn't he didn't say much about it, um, but I can tell that he, I can tell that he was impacted by it, which was really cool because he was like, he's like, you get nervous doing that, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you get very nervous doing that, but uh, you know, I'm getting more used to it, and um, just getting that experience and and getting up there in front of people and talking, um. Is always I usually have like a little bit of an agenda, but I don't ever really write anything down. I just get up there and just try to talk from the heart. The hard part of it is to figure out who the hell you're talking to. That's the hardest part is, you know, these are basically like teenage kids, so they're not going to be impressed with too much. And so, uh, you know, I just I just tried to keep it very, very basic and, um, you know, made a couple jokes about Woodland and how I and how I started Slingshot in Woodland and, and talked about uh, some of the inspiration behind that and how imagination is a really important thing to have. And then um, basically said, I made enough money to get the hell out of here and move to Davis. <laughs> I got some, that, that got some good, uh, good heat from the crowd, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. As Davis is the rival. That's right. That's right. They're, they're cleaner, better <laughs> version of Woodland. Yeah. <laughs> and they got chicks too, because of the college. At least that's what we thought in high they school. Do they have uh, any programs like that with jujitsu? Programs like? Do they have anything like that with like inner city kids and things like that? Or um, Is jujitsu expensive, first of all? Okay. Or, well, I mean, it really... It can be? I think it can be. Like, if you look at a gym membership, that could range between like 20 and $45 a month or something. Uh, no, that ain't too bad. But my jujitsu school... Not a gym... I mean, like a you know, oh, commercial oh, gym membership. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like jujitsu schools can range anywhere between 100 to $150 a month, depending on like how much you want to roll. Right. My school specifically is between like 120 and 140 140 right. for like unlimited, 120 for I think two or three days. So for you a get lot of constant instruction, though, you get constant instruction. You're always in like a class, basically, right? Exactly. Yeah. And like, I mean, the cool thing about my jujitsu school is that uh, Casio, he has a he has a gym in the back. So he has a squat rack, bench press. He has like a bunch of dumbbells and stuff. So if somebody wanted to also get a workout in, they could use that gym as their gym. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I would I would say that like for most people, jujitsu would be on the more expensive side. Like that's it's not cheap by any means. But right. if you really enjoy it, then I think it's you know it's something you can invest in. Right. It's definitely. I mean, it's definitely worth it to be able to push your body that way. And to, I think there's the things that you can learn through that physicality. And then on top of that, it's, um, most sports are like, uh, like, you know, most sports are like these little, uh, individual battles, mm -hmm. right? Like in football, there's like an individual battle between the tackle and the defensive end. There's an individual battle between, uh, the quarterback and the linebacker. There's these individual, the cornerback and the wide receiver. But when you wrestle or you box or you do something like jujitsu, that's that's the main focus. It's just one on one. It's one person versus another. Yeah. And ultimately, what you end up really wrestling with is yourself, which is kind of the, I think, uh, you know, kind of where this principle of body, mind, spirit comes from, is that if you just go in there and grit your teeth and start throwing bombs, maybe that's not the best way to go about doing it. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe 
trying to figure out a different way to you know slay the dragon so to speak mm-hmm. uh it would be it might be better to have technique and to adhere to some of the stuff that you learn almost oh, definitely and what, what i find really interesting about that just like you know when when you have certain people that approach lifting in a certain way we were talking about this with jim brown you know some people approach lifting really well when they approach it with a bit of aggression and it works for them over long periods of time they don't need to change that some people I see like approach jujitsu with the same level of potential aggression. There are some top level competitors that way. Um, but you know, a lot of the other top level competitors, you could see like, you could see their faces completely stoic. they never look like they're out of control. they never look like they're flustered. Like Roger Gracie or Roger Gracie um, was, he's like apparently the, he's won, I mean, eight, nine, maybe 10 different world championships, extremely stoic in the way he approaches his jujitsu when you see him rolling with people it's almost like he has no emotion and he just tries to have have as much control as possible so i find it just really interesting um trying to figure out what works best for you i think that also comes down to like your personality too but figuring out what works best for you in terms of the way you approach that whether it's lifting or the martial art and then actually learning how to develop that because like you know even when i started jujitsu there's a little bit more yeah I pay attention to so much of his stuff. Well, let me let me say something about Hodger Gracie real quick. I know we don't talk about jujitsu too much, but Hodger, he he's won the most world championships out of any competitor. But the thing that makes him so amazing is that the way he does it to people. He uses the most basic jujitsu concepts, the things you learn in your first year of jujitsu. He uses that on the top level competitors. He'll mount and then he'll do like a cross collar choke. He'll do the most simple things. And it just shows how even the simplest concepts can work against the most, the, 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 the highest level competitors. He doesn't do anything fancy, mm. but because of just his perfection of like the, 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 the easiest things, he's managed to be the greatest you know, gi jujitsu competitor of all time. Um, so yeah, figuring out what works for you in terms of like how you attack that, whether it's being calmer, whether it's attacking with aggression. Um, it's, it's a very, I guess it's a very interesting thing. And you have, you got to have a teacher that allows you to figure that out for yourself. Cause I feel like if you have like an instructor that wants everybody to roll like him, maybe with aggression or something else, then he'll try to have all his students emulate him, which usually doesn't work well. This is why it's so important to stay in your own lane, you know? So these other people, I mean, um, some of the footage that we're watching right now is is pretty damn aggressive, and it's obviously very, very high level. Uh, But the way that, uh, how do you say his name? Is it? Hodger. So it's spelled Roger, but it's Hodger Gracie. So the way that Hodger Gracie is going about it, you know, he occasionally he's got to use a little muscle. He's got to. He's got to have these little uh, sprints in there where he goes after something aggressively, but he certainly doesn't look like his opponent. You know, his opponent is his opponent is overreaching. He he doesn't have he doesn't have the skill set. He does just doesn't have it. And so, when you're lifting and just in life in general, it's really important that you're not. You know, you you got to be really careful. You're not overreaching. You're not really. You got to figure out ways of staying in your own lane and you know, using pre-workout and cranking up some music and those things. Uh, we, we love to do that stuff, but at the same time, it might be a good idea for some of the guys and girls listening just to try, try lifting with a little less emotion and try having it maybe come from within a little bit more. Try to, and you could try this with the lighter weights at first and, uh, and just see how you respond to it. Like see if you can get connected to the weight, see if you can get connected to actually what you're doing. And that's going to be the best way to actually learn how to squat, bench, or deadlift is to be connected to the bar and be connected to what it is you're doing. To be, to go out of your mind, um, I think sometimes that's fine. I think it's okay. I think it's okay to, to get a little looney tune with the weights. Sometimes it's you're just trying to convince yourself that things are going to be okay when really deep down you know that they might not be. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, and I, I th- that can be fun, and it's fun for me. I like to slap the chalk bowl, and I like to get fired up, and um, it's just a, a thing that that I've adopted. But when you see me training, I don't do it every set. It's not all the time. I'm not going absolutely bonkers on every set. And so, you know, just give. I would say give it a try. You know, try to lift with a little less emotion, and, and try to hone in and focus on what you're doing. Yeah, you definitely like. Obviously, you know when you got to pull it out. You know, you know when you got to use it. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> yeah. 
I like he said, I like he said pull it out because yeah. you know to whip it out you got to have something substantial to pull it out mm-hmm. is kind of different or just take it out that's just diff- a different slight too. arch yeah whip whipping it out it's like you might slap somebody upside their head with it right <laughs> yeah um, how long how long did it take you guys to realize that you could uh, like you you had that aggression in your back back of your pocket or like because with with me I, I I'm not either or like i don't i haven't found my groove of like what i actually should do to get fired up or if i stay calm like i i know all i do is i visualize the the lift itself but i don't have like a uh you know like a go-to like i'm not slapping the chalk bowl i'm, I'm not doing anything like that hmm. <laughs> I, so, I know it came from experience but like yeah. you know uh, well, and Seema, you mentioned a couple times that you tried to get fired up a few times. It just didn't feel right. Yeah, no, I would just try to think of things that would potentially make me angry. Like that That's literally what I did. Um, I would think about ripping the bar off the ground. And then I'd, I'd think of some things that would like bring about some emotion. But it, it, it again, it, it wasn't very comfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and it's not like it always has to be comfortable. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But it wasn't a, like, like I mentioned, it, it wasn't something natural for me. I don't get angry often, like just, just on, on a daily basis. It's very difficult for me to, to actually get super angry. So having to, uh, bring that about, uh, artificially was very difficult for me. So that's when I switched and I just started trying to think about nothing or Mm -hmm. just, just think about like before I'd visualize myself lifting the weight, super controlled and, and with all of my cues. And then before I get to the bar, I just try to think of nothing and execute like that. That was all I do. Um, and that worked and that continues to work. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought like, um, like in the past when you were using like anger, have you ever gone through a process of thinking like, no one thinks I can actually do this. You ever, you ever kind of go there or not really? No, it's, it's never, it's never, it might be something good for you. I was going to say, I'm not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. Right. Even though we're certainly not thinking that of Mm -hmm. you, but it's like kind of your own like mantra, you know? Yeah. As you said that, I, I, that has run through my mind before. Like Smokey, like he can always use it. He's short and ugly, right. To Mm -hmm. like get out, you Mm -hmm. know, he's always been the underdog. Everybody's always counted him out. Yeah. It's not true. looks like a garden gnome. Still count him out. (laughs) Yeah. His, uh, his pre-lift routine is probably the best one in the gym though. Everyone tries He's got a lot of hoosh guys. In everyone, there. yeah. Everyone jokes around. They try to like mock it, but it's it's pretty solid. I will say that the lifts themselves. Who knows? But they're you know, sketch. Yeah. I wonder what Smokey thinks about actually, because that lift routine is spot on every single time. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious what he thinks about. I gotta want to know after. Pick yeah. his pick his brain and his beard and his beard. Just you'll got, find you'll find something in there. Yeah, from Black Bear coins. Oh yeah, Black Bear Diner. Mm-hmm. We got some new gangsta sleeves hey. coming out. Fatter, fatter than your mom's ass. Those are pretty <laughs> thick. Yeah, they're real thick. Thicker than molasses. Yeah, nine point five millimeters. We would have made them thicker, but we broke the machine. <laughs> so, so why'd you do this, by the way? <laughs> uh, you know, just there's been a demand for it. People have been asking for it, and uh, people are like, "Hey, can you make thicker sleeves? Make thicker sleeves?" And you know, we've been like, "Well, hey, like they don't allow." They don't allow thicker sleeves in competition. People are like, who cares? And then plus uh, strongman athletes and Olympic lifting and in CrossFit, they don't have the same rules that they have in powerlifting. Um, in powerlifting, you can only have seven millimeters. So mm-hmm. that's why um, that's why it's got to be seven millimeters or less in powerlifting. But in some of the other sports, they don't care. So they really don't have a thickness limit? They don't care. And oh, they, snap. And, and uh when it comes to strongman, I mean, you can wear like two belts and you can wear straps and you can kind of do, they're like, Hey, we don't care. Yeah. You know, go ahead and try to pick up 1100 pounds, do it whatever way you want. You can hitch the weight, you know, you can do it whatever way you need to. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I was wearing uh, a two XL the other day for some squats and it felt amazing. I mean, it felt as if I was wearing like an extra large cause of the extra thickness and it actually will kind of push your uh, foot forward when you're walking, almost like you're wearing a pair of knee wraps. So I think this wow. is a good uh, a good blend in between somewhere in between a, a light knee wrap and a uh, and a knee sleeve. So, how would you use them in like uh, say meat prep or something? Because I know there's going to be yeah. somebody that's like, oh, why don't you want to get used to using <laughs> yeah, them? Yeah, they're would, so thick. I would say it would just depend on your it would depend on your strength level and depend on kind of like what you're used to. Um, I think the difference of going you know to something that's two point five millimeters thick probably won't make that big of a difference at the same time i don't think it's ever a good idea to 
bank on lifts uh, that you're doing kind of quote unquote illegally. Yeah. So like a high squat, like I wouldn't take a high squat to a meet and like try to cash that in. I wouldn't be like, oh, I squatted 405 in the gym. But when you squatted 405 in the gym, everybody agreed like, dude, you got to get, you still got to get like three inches deeper. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever assume that that that's a, a weight that you can do. And, and having said that, that would be like a third attempt, you know, something that you would squat high in the gym, possibly maybe not even, but in terms of your actual training, um, I think it would be totally fine to wear it when you want to just roll the dice and go for something big, like you would with a slingshot. Um, or when, uh, you just got done with a competition and you just want to, you just want to train, you just want to have fun. You just want to move around and maybe handle a little bit extra weight, um, you know, for me, like I, I, I don't plan on squatting in competition anytime soon. So I'll just wear them all the time. And there's a lot of people that don't compete. Um, I don't think you have any plans to compete in powerlifting for a while, right? No, I'm, I don't. So like, that's the thing, you know, if you're, if you really love powerlifting and you really love lifting heavy, cool that, but you also don't have to adhere by all the rules. You know, you can use elbow sleeves when you bench, you can use super thick knee sleeves when you squat. It's not going to have any effect on like any type of competition later on. But yeah, if you're about to compete, just use normal knee sleeves when you're uh, getting ready for competition. It doesn't take that long to get used to it. Mm-hmm. It's only two millimeters. Cool. And then in uh, in comparison to the strong sleeves, is it the same like uh, toughness? Yeah, same? it's the same, same as the strong sleeves. It has the same uh, stiff jersey on both sides, which we have the only knee sleeve on the market that has that. Um, and in, if, if, you, if you don't know anything about neoprene, neoprene is basically... Uh, kind of what a swimsuit or not a swimsuit, a, uh, <laughs> what the hell is it called? Uh, a, like a scuba diving suit, wet right? Suit. A wetsuit. Wet there suit. we go. It's kind of like what a wetsuit is made out of where you can literally just pull that stuff apart. It's very, it's very soft. Um, it doesn't have any real strength to it, but once you take neoprene and you, and you put, um, you attach it to something. Uh, then it makes it stiffer, and that's what makes our knee sleeve stiff. And we put a jersey on the inside and the outside. Um, and we also, it's a, it's only a two-way stretch. So it actually only stretches and expands the way of your calves to make room for your calves, um, to make room for your leg to go through the product. It stretches uh, uh, outwardly, but it doesn't stretch uh, vertically. Mm-hmm. vertically yeah it doesn't stretch vertically it's really stiff that way so if you take a pair of strong sleeves or the or the new gangster sleeves and you pull on them you'll be able to pull them apart but you won't be able to pull them up and down they won't move hardly at all gotcha. does that affect the uh the sizing then like if i'm if i'm a x if i'm a large and a mm-hmm. strong sleeve I, just... I think you should be able to still fit in the same size mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and then it'll just be a preference on how you know how tight you want them to be so for me, you know, the other day in training, I, I, I don't really care, you know, that, that I'm hitting the absolute maximum weight that I can hit. So I went like a size up, but if you want to like hit like a little bit more than your best, then you would just use the same exact size. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. definitely illegal, like across the board, except strong men. Yeah. I don't think you can wear them in any, uh, I'm unaware of any powerlifting federations that just let you wear whatever you want, but some of them don't check. <laughs> so there's that just get a strong sticker and slap it over the gangsta exactly yeah something that uh came up the other day that i was thinking about um when i was thinking about some of the some of the things that are similar with bodybuilding some of the things that are similar with powerlifting, and i even got to thinking of like you know i trained yesterday and uh, i did 435 for a triple on the bench felt pretty good um but this kind of training is, and part of the reason why I retired from powerlifting 75 different times, <clears throat> I'm starting to be like Brett Favre over here. Uh, part of the reason why I retired from the sport is like, I hate it. I hate parts of it. Like I hate the training for it because I like to just, tr- I like to just work out. Like I'm passionate about like just working out and I love coming into the gym and I love just having the worst case of uh, ADHD that anybody's ever seen and be like, Oh, look, and Seema's doing rows. I'm going to go over there. Oh, Smokey's doing dumbbell bench. I'm going to go over there. I love just kind of like almost hopping in with whoever's doing, uh, these different movements and, um, just piling it on and kicking the crap out of myself, you know, with five exercises or so. Uh, but when you're training for a competition, it's very specific and you have to like fast or starve yourself away from 
some of the things that you might want to do in place in place of the things that can actually uh, align with whatever the goal is. So for me, my goal is to bench 500 pounds at 220. And in order for me to do that, I can't haphazardly superset cable crossovers and uh, a uh, and push-ups because that probably doesn't align with my goal. That might make me too sore for too many days. And then, I'm, you know, right now I'm benching multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really make any sense to do stuff like that. Where this relates to bodybuilding <clears throat> and relates to just about anything in life, but where it relates to bodybuilding specifically is you have to fast and starve yourself away from, you know, maybe just doing whatever heavy lift you want to do or doing whatever you want to do in the gym to, you know, show your strength. Uh, in terms of bodybuilding, you, you know, your biggest mistake, the thing that you can do uh, to not align yourself with your goals and knock you off track would be basically to overeat. Yeah. You know, or to eat too many of a particular macro that you're not supposed to eat. Maybe you ate too much fat or maybe you ate too much carbs or maybe a combination thereof. Um, and so in both cases, if, if, if you're preparing for something, prepping for something, whether it be a photo shoot, bodybuilding show, or a powerlifting meet, in order to get what you want, you got to really pump the brakes on your desires, which sucks. And it's part of the reason why it makes it so difficult and so hard. If you're just trying to like lose 10 pounds and you're like 50 pounds overweight, then you probably take three things and align them with Mm -hmm. that goal. And you're probably good. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to start walking three times a day and uh, I'm going to use some intermittent fasting um, and I'm going to make sure that I get a uh, good amount of protein in every day. Done. Probably you'll probably drop 10 pounds very easily. But if you want to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, if you want to win a world championship in jiu-jitsu, if you want to uh, set a world record in powerlifting, if you want to get on stage in a bodybuilding show and come in first place or become pro, well, now you got to like stack everything you have. You got to align everything that you got. And that might pull away from all the other things that you do in your life. Almost definitely. And also, <clears throat> I think uh, one of the big factors here is that that's, that's if one of those things is like if powerlifting is your not just, you know, something you like to do in the gym and you like to get stronger, but it's also your athletic focus, right? Like you compete a lot in powerlifting or you compete a lot in bodybuilding. That's when like specificity really matters. So that's when it's really going to play a role because I mean, right now, for example, I just, I just like getting stronger. I just like training to be strong and get stronger. So I don't have to have that much specificity and I can give myself as much time as I want. You know, uh, but if you're a competing powerlifter and you're doing two or three competitions every single year, right? You, you, you're really going to have to back off on a lot of other things you may want to do in the gym because you want to get good or great at this one thing. Um, and, and that's something that I think it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. Like if you want to be really, really good at bodybuilding, then, you know, you're going to have your off season where you can put on and bulk and gain. But then when you're cutting and getting ready for show, you have to get away from all of those things that you typically enjoy just so you can get really lean and not just lean, like, you know, 12%. You want to get to single digit body fat. It's an insane amount of sacrifice and pulling away, like even from the way you like to train, because even your training has to back off, right? So there's a lot of backing off from those things that you'd really like to do and enjoy just to get to that next level. Right now, you probably enjoy lifting more than you enjoy jujitsu. Enjoy lifting more than I enjoy jujitsu? Just because you have a little bit more freedom in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, no. obviously, you love both, mm-hmm. and, you, and jujitsu's new, new-ish, I guess, but yeah. there's you know a, a real dedication going on towards that, so you have your ups and your downs, and some days are probably pretty damn frustrating, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really enjoy, like... I, I've always enjoyed lifting. I don't think there's ever been a time that I haven't enjoyed it, but I do like the freedom that I have in the gym now. You know, there's not a day where like, okay, well, I have to absolutely do this because this is going to get me ready to to pull this number, to squat this number. I can go in and do like, I can progress in the way I want to. I can do movements that I haven't done in a while. Cause like, you know, I just can, and it's not going to impede my progress. Um, but jujitsu, like I still, the reason why I like it so much is because there's so much variability every single day. Um, 
like I get to spar with a bunch of different types of people. I get to practice new things. It's, it's, it's always evolving and like lifting can too. It's just like you, you, you do have certain things that you have to do all the time to be able to progress. So I do like the freedom though. I'd say that I like also like the, the, the funny thing is like, you know, when I was doing bodybuilding, I had like my program and I'd have these set things that I do and get out of the gym. I like how I just do different things. I still have movements that I do every single week, but I like to be able to vary it up and do different things every single week somewhat. Yeah. I, I you know, I've, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was just kind of eating a little bit of what I wanted. I still had some restrictions with the diet, just use, utilize some intermittent fasting, um, but if the family had pizza, I ate pizza. If the family, uh, went for some burgers, I ate a burger with the bun. Just little things like that. It wasn't like too detrimental. wasn't too crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, my fat coach, Jesse Burdick, um, just said, Hey, look, you know, you, you dieted pretty hard for the, the last power thing meet that you did and you should probably put some weight back on and, you know, don't, don't go crazy with your food, but also don't have so much restriction going on that you're making yourself crazy. And so I was like, all right, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> and so, but what I noticed with that was, so going towards your desires, uh, it covers up your potential. It covers up what's underneath. It covers up substance and substance is something that gets overlooked all the time. You know, you can't see the stars without, without it being dark, right? You, you can't see the stars without space. You can't, uh, you can't see a beautiful painting without the canvas that it's on. You, you know, you need you need substance. You need you need to have something uh, that's substantial that lies underneath. And the things that we have underneath all actually look very similar. They all actually look the same. You look at an anatomy chart and you look at how muscular uh, that frame looks when you're seeing a, the skeletal muscle of a human being. You're seeing all the little striations, all the little fibers, and all these things. Well, you kind of see the same thing on a bodybuilder that starved himself away from a lot of the desires that your average person falls victim to every day. Uh, you know, eating ice cream, um, you know, and enjoying uh, some alcohol, all, all these things, right? They're all things that are going to pull you away from what you're trying to do. The thing that gets to be a little bit, um, the thing that gets to be really hard is you can't really see your true potential. Um, unless you worked really hard from it, unless you abstained from at least uh, a good portion of your desires. Uh, if you just always went towards your desires, you'd probably end up in jail and single <laughs> and divorced and like whatever. Like you, there'd probably be a lot of like mayhem in your life, right? Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> it would be, and, and you know, you just like, somebody's like, Hey man, want to try some drugs? And you just do that. And you just kind of <laughs> like, just, you just fucking do whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like, there's gotta be. And, and we do it every day. We don't always notice it, but somebody might be like, hey, man, want to have a beer? And you're like, no, nah, I'm good because it's like two in the afternoon and you, you're, that's not where your mind's at and mm -hmm. you don't feel like doing that. Um, but sometimes we do it to a much uh, stronger and much more powerful degree because we're trying to align everything we got with this particular goal. The, the problem is, is we, we do have other people in our lives we do have other obligations and we are human. So we don't want to become like a fucking robot. Yeah. And then, so it's like, you know, I, I heard what you said. You want to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in this amount of time. But do you, do you want that in place of everything else in your life? It's probably, the answer is probably not really. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like not in place of everything I got in my life, maybe in place of some stuff that mm -hmm. I have in my life. Maybe I could take take away some freedom. Maybe I can, uh, you know, not work as much because I'm focused so much on the jujitsu. Maybe a little less time lifting weight or whatever the things would be that you'd have to cut back on. Yeah. But you don't want to like lose your girlfriend. You don't want to lose all these other things that you have going on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, you, you touched on something with in terms of the desires, the desires aspect of things and like your goals, right? So. You know, if if you have the goal of being a super strong powerlifter, right, you have to back off of other things. Um, you might have to just eat more, but you have to back off of other things in the gym so you can, you know, work on that and get stronger. Uh, personally, one of my main desires for a long time has been like this aspect. And, and we've talked about it, like self-mastery and controlling myself, being able to like, you know, just really have control over like my, my urges, et cetera. Um, so for example, when I found out 
how sugar affects an individual's brain, right? And their desires for that. I didn't want to be, let's just say, out of control or like feel that I had an urge to have that thing. So I purposefully started getting it out of my life. And the thing about flexible dieting, right? When you hear about a lot of flexible dieters and they, they're proponents of the diet, one of the big factors about flexible dieting is that you can track your macros and you can really manipulate your body composition to where you want it to be, even if you had an excess amount of sugar in your diet. And it's actually, it's very possible. Even if you had excessive amounts of sugar, um, if you're really active and you track your macros and you're in a caloric deficit, you can drop body fat. doesn't mean you're necessarily super healthy, but you can drop body fat and actually have a good looking body. Um, but for me personally, even though flexible dieting is something that I practiced, I I had to get, you know, I, I cut sugar, a lot of it, out of my diet so that I could have more control over my urges, more control over myself, um, since that's one of my goals. Uh, so the whole desire aspect of it and just like, you know, and, and this is another thing, like when I when I was a really young kid. I used to watch a lot of porn <laughs> like when I was 13, 14. Hey no, that's, that's when I got into it. Like seriously, I said, I'm out of here. That's disgusting. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, like very, like very seriously. Like that's, that's when I got into it and it like, it took, a, to it took a lot of my time. So I, I, I had to, cause I, I learned the effect that it had on me and my brain, et cetera. And I had to figure out a way to get it out and like, just like get it out of my life. So that's another reason why that's something that I, I just backed off from and I stopped because it stopped. I guess it had so much of an effect on me that it caused me to not have control over what I wanted to have control over. So it's that, that, that idea of abstaining from certain desires to get to that goal, my personal goal of self mastery and control over my mind. It's, you know, it's kind of weird, but (laughs) it is what it is. Well, you know, um, you know, Andrew talked about, you know, getting in here and training early today. And, um, you know, I sometimes get here really early. I don't, I don't do it every day, but sometimes I'm here at like four o'clock working out. Um, things like that, when you make something, uh, so like oddly difficult, so overwhelmingly hard, yeah. for some reason, it's actually easier to like lean into that, uh, than it is to do something that's a little bit, uh, a little bit easier. And I don't know why, but it's like, uh, it's, it's like, um, it's like your ears kind of perk up. You're like, Hmm, that's okay. That's like a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, getting here and lifting at like two o'clock. is not really a challenge. Any, anyone can do that. Right. It's, it's kind of a challenge because then you can make up tons of excuses why you can't work out now. <laughs> right. Know? Right. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Maybe you're tired from work. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you, you got a whole nother, a whole nother thing of, uh, of excuses to kind of, to kind of lean on, but I guess my point is, is that the second that you let anything like uh, sugar, um, any of these things that can kind of end up in your life, anytime you let some of these things in, you just open the door a tiny bit, you crack the door open, you're like, I'll have some ice cream. What's a big deal? Right. And then then it is a big deal. And that's why we meet so many people that are, we think they're just totally crazy, like a Mike O'Hearn or Stan Efferding or some of these people we've had on the show before. Like, when's the last time you had like a cheat meal or some fucking French fries or something? And it, they're, they'll say like 12 years ago or something. You're like, what? Like, how is that possible? Yeah. But they have just learned that there's, for them, there's not any room for that shit in their life. They, they have, uh, continue to lean into the things that make them feel better, that make them want to be better. And anytime they deviate from that, you know, they, they end up wasting time. They end up going backwards. Training at 4am like that. It's not just the training at 4am. It's that if you want to train well at 4am, you have to sleep earlier. If you have to sleep earlier, you have to be better with your work during the day. Like there's just, there's so many (laughs) Andrew's face right now. Yeah. Well, (laughs) You know, when you're, you're, you just said uh, opening the door just a little bit, I looked at the clock last night, so I text Lauren. I'm just like, hey, yeah, dude, let's let's train in the morning. We got to get in here at six because we're going to podcast at eight. And I looked at the clock and so you start calculating. It's like, oh my gosh, like I'm only going to get like at that point, I think it was like uh, five or six hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, but then, you know, that, that, that door cracked open just a little bit, a little bit of doubt walked in. Yeah. I was like, nope, let me slam this door. I'm going to bed right now. I don't care. 
it's gonna be fine but yeah at four in the morning man that's a that's a different animal because that's like for me that's almost no sleep <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta wake up crazy crazy early and it might mean that like yeah you gotta uh you know go to bed like insanely early or somebody might have to try to figure out like when when's the time i can get a nap and maybe they don't mm-hmm. have room for a nap in the middle of the day yeah so it can be it can be very uh very difficult to figure out, but I like the dedication to it. Um, I kind of like the ch- the challenge of it. And I, right now I'm trying to balance out, you know, doing that kind of stuff with hitting this big bench because it doesn't make sense to not sleep. So on days that I do wake up and get here that early, I've been taking a nap, which I haven't done in a long time, but man, it feels great. Like a two hour or like a one hour? Um, it's usually just like whatever I can get, gotcha. you know, I've heard some different stuff about, you know, they say if you sleep too long, it can make you more mm-hmm. tired. I'm just trying to like get in what I can, what I can get. Yeah. Um, I think I want to say like, I would say like sometimes it ranges from 20 minutes to maybe like uh, close to an hour, 20 to 45 minutes. Yeah. I think it's hard for me to really stay asleep anyway. But that little 20 minute power nap feels pretty damn good. I know that. Yeah, I think uh, Matthew Walker recommends like before that first uh, dip into REM sleep or 90 minutes in is the like optimal times. Mm. Yeah, I, I ended up waking up to this morning at like 1245. I jumped out of bed ready to go. <laughs> Stephanie was like, what's wrong? I was like, I got to get up to go to the gym. I looked over at the clock and it was barely 1245. I'm like, oh, going back to bed. I do find it crazy though. Like you were mentioning the other day, how like when you were younger and you were bigger, like I know like your 30, like early thirties or late twenties, you only got like three hours of sleep a night. Oh yeah. That's, that scares the hell out of mm-hmm. me. That scared the hell out of me when I heard that. I'm like, how, cause I would have never, I don't know how it would function. Like even in my worst times when I like was just really irresponsible with sleep, I still maybe got five hours, you know, but three hours. Yeah, it was bad. I don't know how you, I don't know how you did it, man. <laughs> It was rough. I, you know, I, I would fall asleep here and there randomly, you know, like mm-hmm. just if I like sat down, you know, like a, just like a typical dad, you know, I <laughs> just pass out. But like, um, the weird thing is, is like, yeah, I was, you know, building super training and slingshot and had two kids. So I, I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know how I made it through some of that, yeah. some of those times. Um, uh, but I survived it, I guess. Um, I think, you know, I may have, uh, I may have gotten some like makeup sleep here and there, you know, like maybe on the weekends I might've slept in a little bit later or something like that. But I mean, I went to bed pretty late and then I still would wake up kind of early, not as early as I do now. Um, but I'd still wake up at six or seven and yeah, go to bed at like 11 or 12, you know, so still wasn't really, but I, I just had a hard time. The hard, hard part was staying asleep. I'd wake up and then I would just be up and I just like, couldn't go back to bed so i'd watch tv and then i was like okay i'm feeling tired now i'll go back to bed but that's probably the worst thing too is like what you know staying up like that watching tv is probably not not a great idea watching Mm. spongebob right (laughs) watching whatever watching (laughs) reruns of sports center 50 times in a row oh that's when you know you're at a low how'd you guys do with the instagram crash speaking of urges oh yeah the ig crash I, i didn't hear about it till later I guess yesterday was when it was. My yeah. phone seemed to be fine. I, I didn't rec- I didn't see anything. Mine stopped working on Monday, and then when it didn't work, I like I didn't get back on until Wednesday. I didn't realize there was a crash for a while. So I guess that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I think the main part was you just couldn't post. I guess, but I couldn't could, see anything. You couldn't see anything. Nah, no, nothing would pop up. Mm. So I was just like, oh well. Yeah, I, I like I said, I had no idea that it actually happened. Right. So. I know a lot of people were uh, were dying, so I I mm-hmm. sent a uh, uh, a message to Michael Hearn about you know him and he's having a, just had a baby and stuff like that. Um, and the baby, by the way, this thing is eating like every ten minutes. <laughs> and uh, Mona's getting nervous. She's like, I don't know what's going on with this guy. <laughs> he's already like twelve pounds. He's a little monster or eleven pounds or something like that. But um, you know, I told Mike, I was like, oh, you know, just try to take a week off of, of IG and like, cause he, he films a lot of stuff in the gym and, and I was like, you know, it'd be good for you just to just, you know, chill, just relax for a little bit. And so he was like, yeah, all right, well I'll take the challenge. And then he probably called back maybe like an hour later. He's like, I failed. <laughs> I, failed. I failed. And then he called yesterday. He's like, failed. He's like, failed again. He's like, I'm not doing so good over here. 
it's uh kind of funny because like that guy's got some really you know he's got some amazing uh, dedication and consistency and so you know if he's saying it's hard like it must be a lot it must be a lot on other people as well yeah i mean he the thing about mike though is like uh, i don't know what his personal life is but he puts out so much i guess just motivational stuff right um, and I see that a lot of the people that follow Pretty him positive are, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Positive. And a lot of the people that, that follow him are super invested in that stuff he puts out. I can't imagine how many people like are waiting for something from Mike every day that if he goes rogue for one week, <laughs> some of his people would be like, where are you, Mike? Yeah. I want you, Mike. It's yeah. pretty interesting that like he's so disciplined with everything, but he couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> it's, step away from Instagram. It's part of his routine, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really is. It really is part of his routine. The interesting part is, is like he's been doing all this way before, you know, way right. before social media. But it just it just goes to show you, you can get really connected to it, and we make excuses for it. And I think, you know, that he, you know, now that I kind of brought it up to him, I don't think he would make an excuse. He would just be like, "I screwed up." But I think a lot of people will make an excuse, like, "Oh, I'm working," or "This is for work," and it's like mm-hmm. you're. Your checkbook is, you know, your bank account's not getting hurt uh, by by you not posting. Like it's fine. I'm sure. Maybe maybe you can show like a little difference in 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 uh, money, but like he, you know, I've been to his house. Like he's doing he's doing fine. I feel like the main reason, or the the only reason he would really ever, uh, or even anyone would stop using it is is like, what's the real benefit of me not? Right. Right. You know, like. If you, if you have to sacrifice something, are you sacrificing it just to sacrifice it? Or are you sacrificing it because there's something better on the other side? And if you can't actually see something better being on the other side, then in the back of your head, you're like, you're like why? Yeah. So, no, so why stop? No, that's, that's true. If you can't see it. And that's what happens with lifting, right? Like how long does it take to see uh, something in your biceps? Like how much lifting do you have to do to notice your shoulder or your tricep? Or like you get to lift for a really long ass time. Yeah. You know, or just be super, super skinny when you start and you might have some, a little bit of muscle popping out or something, but it's, it might take, it might take years, it might take decades in some cases. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, some people have been lifting for, you know, 10 years and because they, because they can't get the diet down ever, you can't really see much. You're like, oh, well, you know, so it's, if you can't see it, there's really no reason to uh, work towards it. Exactly. But that's what I was, that's what I, my point to Mike was, is like, I, I would like to see if he can, uh, you know, if he can fast away from it for a few days uh, to see what he would like learn and feel from it. So he's, it, he's giving me like updates every day. It's kind of <laughs> funny um, because he, I know he's, he's trying. Um, I don't know if he's had a successful day yet, but he, I know he's working on it. <laughs> he's just in, in his house in a panic, just calling you every five minutes. Right. Help. <laughs> Well, I think that I think the hard part there is just to, and and what I was hoping that he would see from it is just that he doesn't actually need it. So it's cool that he does it, and it's great. It's a great service that he provides to a lot of other people, and like you said, it's very motivational, and people are getting fired up from it. So mm-hmm. that's great. There's no, there's really no downside to that. But also just for him to just know, like, it's cool if he takes a day off. Yeah, you know, like it's totally fine. He doesn't have to be. Uh, so attached to it. I mean, it is part of the reason why we choose to work for ourselves. You know, we don't, you know, in this case, in this case, by being so attached to your social media, well, now you're working for everybody else, mm-hmm. just like everybody else. Um, but you always work for somebody kind of no matter how you slice it. You know, I, I work for uh, the people that buy my products. That's what, you know, so you end up, you end up ultimately working for, working for somebody no matter how you slice it do you i'm curious actually like on on that note has there been anything that you've like done or a habit that you've picked up because plainly because you just wanted to do it not because there would be any type of benefit for yourself or mental physical etc have you done anything purely just because i eh, just want to do it to do it um because i'm literally trying to think of something that i've done that i didn't have some type of end beneficial result you know there's a lot of things that i didn't know what they would turn into um there's a lot of things that i didn't that i didn't that i didn't realize like um obviously like lifting you know i, I always knew that 
I always knew there was results down the road. You know, I always knew I'd get stronger. I'd be in better shape. Um, but I certainly didn't know it would lead to any of this other stuff. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So like I kind of, I refer to that sometimes like you're sacrificing for the unknown. You're sacrificing for things that you don't know that are coming. And so like I obtained a lot of this knowledge and then now I do seminars and you know, people, people come to me to learn how to bench squat deadlift, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was still a benefit, direct benefit to me. Of course, you're going to always probably, um, you're going to probably always look at like, what's the, there's always going to be some, so I mean, that's just the way I think that's the way, the way it all works. Um, there are some things though, like, um, you know, in terms of just like waking up early, obviously I still, I feel there's a benefit to it. Is there really a benefit to it? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really know. You know, I, I know that I like the discipline of it. And I think that that in and of itself is kind of a thing that you're not really sure about. Like is having this in crazy amount of discipline, does it really, does it really matter? What's it going to turn into uh, having more willpower, having more control over your thoughts? Um, even just something as, as uh, mild as abstaining away from porn, you know, like things, things like that. Uh, yeah. What's the real, like, what's it, <laughs> what's it really hurting? Right. And, and what's it really helping? Uh, but it's a mindset that you're trying to get into because you're like, no, I don't want my mind drifting that way. I want my mind going this way. I want to be going in that direction. This other direction, I, I don't want to be going in that direction. And so I think maybe to your point, maybe it's not the things that we do. Maybe it's a little bit more of the things that we don't do uh, that that we might not totally understand how they exactly benefit us. Like, uh, for example, some people just don't drink. They don't ever. They don't ever drink. Mm-hmm. They don't ever have. A, they don't even have a drink. Um, you know, there's some people that have had issues with it in the past, but there's some people that just they just won't even have like a shot. They won't have a drink at and all. They're seen as so weird. But they're seen. Not. No, no, it's it's just your decision. Yeah, no, everyone freaks out, right? Everyone, everyone loses their mind. Always the odd man out. What you're not going to drink? Yeah, what's wrong with you? But I don't. I, I would say that there's there's not necessarily like a real benefit to that yeah. there's also not a real benefit to the guy saying hey like i'll just have i'll have one mm-hmm. you know other than just like to please everybody else i guess yeah yeah so maybe some of the things we abstain from maybe we don't really know exactly like you having less sugar we don't know if it's a guarantee that like you're going to live longer because oh, you had yeah. less sugar um but you feel better oh yeah so you try i mean i think that's the thing it's like you just you try stuff you gotta just you gotta try we gotta try shit see what feels right to us what about uh like relaxing um you know i know you like to go to the movies like how's that helping or hurting in in you know the big picture or whatever but you are kind of recharging right so is it like dangerous to get into the habit of excusing things like excusing things yeah like so i i've been trying to watch more of uh the sacramento kings because mm-hmm. like i just i haven't been watching them for basically since i got here to super training because i just been How's it helping hurting? Okay, if I watch the game, it's not going to get my photography any better. So now I'm like, yeah, I got to, you know, get reconnected. And I was like, well, this is a little bit of downtime. So I'm just going to chill out, not think about work. And I'm going to enjoy the game. Yeah. And then as soon as the game's over, I'm like, man, I kind of wasted a little bit of time there. I should have got better at doing something else. I think doing the things that you like to do can uh, inspire inspiration in a lot of ways. So I, I think that you know, while you shouldn't always be working, you should be like, you know, chilling here and there. I think that even just by watching the Kings, cause it's something you like to do, uh, could make you happier, can make you more excited about stuff in general. And even just abstaining from doing the thing that you normally do, mm-hmm. uh, I think will yield some positive benefits as well. So just by simply not, uh, focusing in on like always trying to get better and doing this like side thing will just automatically make you better. Cause it'll make you more hungry towards, uh, once you start getting back into work mode, mm-hmm. um, just like taking a vacation and going away for a few days, it'll kind of recharge everything. You'll feel stronger. You'll feel better. Even if you just stop lifting for a couple of days, you, you lift more weight, right? That's why we take about a week off for a competition. Um, so I think that a lot of that uh, makes sense. But I, I do think the things that you like to do, I think should be earned, you know, and they should, so you should, uh, you, you should, kick your own ass a lot like you should you should work hard um but also you should be like 
this is just like I, I just like doing this. I just I like going to this uh, dessert place with my girlfriend or I like doing I like doing this. So I'm just going to fucking do it. I think that there's there's definitely a huge benefit to that. And I think that that's uh, like an admirable thing to accept to just say like this. I like drinking every Thursday night when there's football on or something, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever your thing is. I think it's I think that's a great thing to actually recognize. Yeah, as long as it's earned, I think that's the the main takeaway. Yeah. Though, <laughs> you're not yeah, sitting. It, yeah, you mean you're not sitting around watching Kings clips and games all day long. Like you're no. still super, you know, productive. Yeah, you know, you're 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 using that time to probably that's helping you to be able to get back and focus. That's that's actually a total benefit for you. But if you were working all the time, you'd burn out, bro. Mm-hmm. And then. You might take a whole day away just because you didn't give yourself any time away from it. Yeah. You know? So season tickets next season. Let's go, guys. There we go. <laughs> do you uh, do you guys make yourselves do stuff when you don't want to do it? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for me, there that's that's all the time. Like every day that I, certain days I had to go to jujitsu and like I'm really freaking tired. I think that's actually a it. it even though I do like jujitsu on those days that I'm really dead, which is a lot of the days of the week, but I still go. Um, it just helps me to realize that I can do this with a lot of other stuff. If I have to do work or et cetera, like I made myself already go do this, which is difficult. So I can make myself do this other thing, which is going to also be difficult. So, um, yeah, so that goes back into the adherence to nutrition and adherence in the gym and, and saying like, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing these four exercises and I'm going to, and instead of doing the three exercises, you did all four of them. It bleeds into everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the, um, the, the really small, like meticulous things, like getting your clothes ready for the next day. It's uh it, it's, it's a small thing. So I'm like, you know, I, I'll, it, it's going to take me five seconds in the morning. I'll just do it then. Mm-hmm. And then of course you, you guys know it's like, okay, that five seconds turns into five minutes and then you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm, you know, even further behind. Yeah. So it's, it's doing small little annoying things like that more now. Mm. That's been a pretty big, big deal for me. And then obviously I, yeah, waking up early on Fridays has been, uh, it's been quite, quite the <laughs> chore, but, uh, it's, yeah, cause I normally wouldn't want to be waking up this early any yeah. day really, but, uh, to come in and train before work, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I wouldn't want to be doing all the time. It's kind of a great thing to like, you know, on a Sunday, you, you wake up at like five and you train at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh, your discipline in other areas has become so strong to where you're like 6 a.m. is like sleeping in, you know, like it, you start to get so used to all these things. Um you know, maybe like training three times a day becomes normal. Like oh, I went to jujitsu twice and I lifted a day and I fasted like just another, just another normal day, <laughs> you know, yeah. like your, your hardest day, uh, would take some, you know, epic, uh, effort by your average person and your worst day is still more powerful than what most people mm-hmm. are able to sustain or do and that i mean that's what we're i think that's what we're trying to work towards yeah Mm -hmm. that's the uh, the goal right yeah the exclamation point for me would be to also be there for the family because there's times where you know we will come in super early and then it's like three o'clock and i'm like dozing off (laughs) and i feel really guilty for doing that so that's gonna like that's the uh the next step for you know for me is to uh to be a savage from you know 4 a.m to whatever 8 9 p.m at night yeah, that's the next goal. For they me. don't care anyway, bro. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care about you. They're watching their shows. They're on. I'm going to pretend that they care so that way I can, <laughs> you know, yep. keep going. Because I trucking. think the same thing a lot of times, and I'm like, oh man, it'd like, be cool. I'm going to get home and like, and then like no one's even there, or like <laughs> Jake's like playing a video game, Quinn's yeah. up in a room, and you know, Andy's like hanging out with a friend or something. I'm mm-hmm. like, I got nothing. <laughs> I was going to come home and like party with everybody. And, Nothing going on. You thought everyone's going to greet you at the front door. Oh my gosh, you're finally home. Yeah. Where have you been all day? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a total side note. It's kind of cheesy. Like when I, when I started doing the uh, jujitsu and lifting stuff on the same day, there would be certain days I'd wake up. Right. And like one of my mantras was adaptation is inevitable from a Kendrick song. Do you, was it, is it DNA? Did you listen to much Kendrick or no? Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. So is it DNA? No, is that the song? I have no idea. Okay, well, yeah. I, I cannot name you one Kendrick Lamar song. <laughs> How? Like you love hip hop and you don't like Kendrick? 
Or do I, you just like not listen to Kendrick? I don't like anything past, I, I don't know. 1996? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Early, two, early 2000s were, were dope. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess anything past 2010, I can't yeah. really, I can't get, can't get jiggy with it. I feel it. I feel, oh, Will Smith. Showed okay. my age, yeah. There we go. But yeah, no, I'd wake up every morning and my mantra would be adaptation is inevitable. Adaptation is inevitable because that shit was difficult. So meaning time. just like you'll just get used I'll, to it. I'll get used to it. But I would say that to myself literally. The, it'd be the first three words I had to tell myself every single morning until I got used to it. I haven't said that in a while, but I just remembered it because uh, it's been a long time. So I, yeah, it's just uh, I, had, I had to what get works, myself that idea. What works now? What works now? I'm used to it. Though. It just happens. Like that's the thing. Like it's yeah. like you were mentioning. Like you do something so much to a point. Like you getting up at four a.m. every single morning. It's kind of odd for you not to get up at four a.m. Right. If you wake up at six, I'm like oh shit, well, this is late. You know what I mean? But you Feels got good. used to it. You adapted <laughs> to it. It's part yeah. of your life. So that's that's why I was telling myself that because I was, initially I was like, this is some hard shit. <laughs> I don't know if I can get used to it, but I was just like, it's inevitable. If I just keep doing it, I'm going to get used to it. I'm going to get better at it. So something that helps me is the second that uh, any sort of self doubt creeps in or that uh other voice starts talking into doing other shit that means you you better go like you better fucking get like you better get moving like right then yeah you gotta you gotta juggernaut it you gotta get moving (laughs) and that's uh uh, is it mel robbins right i think she's she's the one that kind of talks about that kind of five second rule um but i think that's really important so if you wake up and you're groggy and you're like oh it's going to go to the gym but then you're looking at the clock and you're like well it's 20 minutes to the gym and it's by the time i get ready and you're already you're you're so done yeah. you're so done right there just just go just just get just go and and get it done whatever it was that you were trying to do just just make sure that it happens and mm-hmm. i think there's also a time and place to adjust and to move things around a little bit um and so like you might have to say you know what I kind of missed my window on that, but I'm going like figure out a way to make it happen later. You know, I'm going to go to jujitsu later. I'm going to lift later. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that this happens later. Maybe you just text somebody that you're going to meet there and say, Hey, I'll see you. You know, that way you're like a little bit more accountable for like being there. You're kind of like, now you're stuck. And then someone's like, where were you at, bro? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why don't you show up? Setting traps for yourself. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I had to do that today. I had to tell Lauren, like, hey, let's go at 6 in the morning. Got here at 6.15, uh-huh. but, you know, I still got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and if he would have said no, <laughs> he'd be screwed, right? I, uh, I, I, Yeah, probably. I think I would have, because I was going to text Smokey first, but I know that he's doing something with Josh. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to see if Lauren will come in, and then I could trade with him and get it in that way. So if he said no, I would have moved on and be like, hey, can I jump in with you guys? So you know, I had options. Um, that five second rule book, I just want to mention if, if, if any of the listeners, well, people are listening, but you might want to get that book, you know, like, I mean, we all have these different things as tools in the toolbox. And I think understanding that, like, I don't use it all the time, but there are certain times that I find myself counting and just going, like you mentioned, you know, if that self doubt happens, just making sure that you you get yourself moving. If you haven't read it or you've, uh, you know, you've never heard of it. Maybe you want to pick up the uh, audio version of that book, the five second rule. It's really beneficial. A lot of good information in it, which will help you understand the way you think and how that kind of doubt creeps in and some ways you could combat it. It's just another tool in the toolbox. So our, uh, like self, our internal dialogue, it's just so ridiculous. It can be the amount of stuff that goes on. And, um, it's kind of like the idea of just, just, just go like, you know, aim and shoot at the same time. You sometimes just need to, <clears throat> you just need to do it. And a lot of times when you just do it, you do it better than you, than you normally would. Cause you're not really like overthinking it. You're not overthinking like all these steps and all these different things that have to happen. And I think we also have a tendency to talk about stuff that we, we have a tendency to talk about stuff that we're never going to do, which is a really awful habit. Cause that gets cement your, your body and your brain doesn't forget that you've talked about doing that shit. Right. There's also, um, it's also a good idea to really not talk about stuff until you've started doing it already. You know, it's a good idea to like try to get out in front of it a little bit. We, uh, John Cena does that, you know, he's like, uh, when he was like learning Mandarin or whatever, he's like, I learned Mandarin, but like, or, or he said, I'm learning Mandarin, but he sent me like an audio of him rapping it. I'm like, you're not learning it. You fucking sounds like you got it. You yeah. Know? 
So yeah, I remember when I first saw that, uh, there was one video on YouTube of John Cena speaking Mandarin and that, <laughs> that was so wild to me. It's so, and he sounds good. I lo- read all the comments and they're like, he sounds like a native speaker. <laughs> and that's one of the hardest languages to learn too. Right. That's insane. That's a good way to do it though. You're already a couple weeks in, you're already a couple, you're already a few steps into something. Yeah. You're already, you know, you're already moving, you're already moving in that direction. And then you kind of just, you know, say it as if it ain't no thing, you know, you just say it like as if it's not a big deal. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this now. People be like, really? I did. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear you say anything about it. Like, yeah, I just, just picked it up and started doing it. What else you got over there, Andrew? I'm, I'm looking for the John Cena video. Oh, oh. dude, it's so, <sighs> I think it's on Twitter. I got it right here. Let me turn this up. It's so freaking impressive. That's one thing I do though. I always say, oh, I want to learn or pick up more Spanish, but I do it and then I stop. Like I really do. <laughs> so crazy Mandarin. Uh, somebody did have a question about the uh, the gangsta knee sleeves um mm-hmm. as far as like a, a novice lifter should they hop into that or should maybe they i don't know try the 2.0s or even the strong sleeves yeah if you never really had a pair of knee sleeves before um there's probably not a great reason to dive into the thickest fattest knee sleeves that we got um but if you also have some knee pain, you got some problems, then, you, then it might not be a bad option. But I would say just start with the strong knee sleeves would probably be a good place to start, um, especially if you're trying to use them specifically for squats. We have a sport knee sleeve too, um, which is uh, more, you know, it's got more like mobility to it. It's more for like lunges and, and other exercises, but I'd say the strong sleeve would be a good place to start. And, um, when are those coming out? I Oh, so they'll be available next Thursday, the 20, what's that? 21st. 21st, my bad. Okay. Because somebody else had asked that as well. So I just wanted to make sure that. Thursday. Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's West Coast time. All right. That's all the time we got for today. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.